Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda. Morning, Madeline Palmer filling in for Natasha Belling. Let's check what's making headlines this Monday, the 4th of July. A major deluge continues to pummel New South Wales with a number of evacuations and warnings in place this morning. The State Emergency Service has responded to almost 2,000 calls for help with 18 flood rescues overnight. New South Wales Emergency Service spokesperson Daniel Osborne says residents need to stay up to date with the latest advice. The Hawkesbury River at Windsor, Ebenezer and Sackville is still rising as is the Colo River at Upper Colo and uh, we've currently got 67 evacuation orders uh, in place for communities uh, along those river systems and in close vicinity. Hawkesbury City Mayor Patrick Connolly says they're still cleaning up from the last floods. It's the recovery that, you know, how do we how do we get people through that? There's going to be huge mental health challenges. There has been after each flood, um, but each one is just compounding that problem and making it far greater. Overseas now and Anthony Albanese has met with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky this morning amid the Russian invasion. The Prime Minister visited the war-ravaged towns Abusha and Irpin overnight to assess the damage and destruction. These are livelihoods and indeed lives uh, that have been lost uh, here uh, in this town. And the fact that you had such a significant force, uh, you can see the use of tanks, missiles, uh, heavy Uh, artillery uh, being used in a civilian area. It's just devastating. It follows his first meeting with French President Emmanuel Macron on the weekend to mend ties with the country since the Morrison government scrapped a $90 billion submarine deal with the country. Mr Macron says he wants to focus on the future, not the past. Our willingness to rebuild a relationship based on trust between our two countries based on mutual respect after, we all know, a difficult period of time, but also a relationship which is based on strategic and historic That translation, thanks to the ABC. Back home now and Australia is scrapping its vaccination mandates for incoming travellers. From Wednesday, arrivals will no longer have to prove they're double-dosed. It comes more than two years after the restrictions were introduced. Australian Federation of Travel Agents Dean Long says it means airport headaches could soon be a thing of the past. The best impact is we should expect to see faster facilitation through our airports and ports. That was the number one thing, slowing things down for people travelling. So it's a really great news story for for anybody looking to travel at the moment. Meanwhile, some health experts are pushing for mask mandates to be reintroduced across the country as the COVID death toll soars. More than 10,000 Australians have now died from COVID-19, while concerns remain over Omicron's BA4 and BA5 sub-variants. Epidemiologist Professor Nancy Baxter says with winter here, it's the perfect time for extra protection. We may need to go back to requiring masks be worn in indoor public spaces. You know, that doesn't mean we need to stop doing anything that we're doing. We just need to increase the protection with something like masks that don't actually stop any economic activity, don't even stop social activity. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. A dramatic rescue has unfolded near a remote island off WA's northwest coast. Our Perth reporter, Emma Griffiths, has the details. 
Yeah, that's right, Maddie. A major rescue operation has unfolded off the coast of Carnarvon in WA's northwest. It's understood a recreational vessel got into a bit of trouble late yesterday afternoon after it collided with a big wave 55 kilometres off the coast. Four people were on board at the time and all were safely rescued and taken back to shore. Two passengers were left with serious injuries, though, and one may have internal bleeding. The pair were airlifted to Perth overnight for further treatment. And as we touched on before, the final COVID restrictions on our international border is just days away from ending. While it's welcome news for our tourism sector, particularly in Queensland, it comes as the Sunshine State is warned of an imminent COVID peak. Here's our reporter, Lachlan Itter, with the details. Morning, Madeline. From Wednesday, travellers arriving in Australia won't need to make a declaration on their COVID vaccination status. Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill says that'll provide some reassurance as holidaymakers return home, but more significantly encourage skilled workers to return to our shores and reduce delays in our airports. But here in Queensland, we are being warned we're now in a third COVID wave, which could be worse than what we've seen in the past, with a peak expected in the next fortnight. But Health Minister Yvette Darth says there's no plans for a mask mandate. We do remind people as we go through this third wave that they can you know, make those decisions themselves. I know just about everyone carries a mask with them. Right now, there's more than 32,000 active cases in Queensland. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined by Peter Switzer from the switzerreport.com.au. Futures markets, Peter, are predicting a big positive day for the local stock market with a 96-point gain at the start of trade. But why? Yeah, it's ironic, but US economic data is now pointing to the possibility of a recession. And so bond market interest rates or yields are now falling and lower interest rates are a plus for stocks. And some experts are now tipping the US Central Bank will be cutting interest rates next year because of these recession concerns. And look, Peter, could these US recession worries encourage our Reserve Bank to ease up on their interest rate rise program with a half a percent rise tipped at tomorrow's board meeting? Well, that's not likely, and that's because our RBA is behind the curve in trying to bring down inflation. Our last reading was only 5.1% compared to the US rate of 8.6%, but the Reserve Bank thinks our inflation rate is heading towards 7%, and that's why they need to scare us into less spending and to slow down the price rises that are driving inflation. Only last week we learned that retail sales were up a big 10.4% for the year to a record high of 34. $2 billion. And look, lastly, Peter, the founder of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, thinks the US economy faces the worst recession in recent history. Yeah, with TikTok cutting into Facebook's business and Instagram's business as well, their owner, Meta, was planning to hire 10,000 more IT engineers. But Zuckerberg last week announced those plans have been shelved because he expects the US to go into a serious recession. This is at odds with what the US Central Bank thinks. And the question is, do online businesses like Facebook and Instagram know more about consumers and the economy than economists and central banks? Time will tell. Time definitely will tell. I think they do know a lot more than we think. Thanks so much, Peter. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. 
time for sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett. Drama, drama, drama. The Nick Curios show returns to Wimbledon tonight. Yes, good morning, uh, Maddie. More drama than maths this one, I reckon. Uh, Nick Kyrgios uh, on court tonight in the round of 16 against Brandon Nakashima. He's been in great form, Nick, leading into Wimbledon as well on grass courts. And he beat Stefano Tsitsipas over the weekend, who called him a bully and evil. Uh, Nick was asking for Stefanos to be defaulted for hitting a ball into the crowd. He refused to, cut, to uh, actually go back on the court until uh, the chair umpire sorted that out on the weekend. So we expect some more fireworks tonight against an opponent, though, who, unlike Stefanos Tsitsipas, he doesn't have a history with. These two have never played. Uh, Brandon Nakashima has also been in good form this year. He made the quarterfinals at the Sydney International and also a grass court event in uh, the Netherlands as well. So we'll see how Nick does tonight. But a potential semi-final, semifinal uh, looming against Rafa Nadal and then maybe Novak Djokovic in the final. Now, Britain has a player through to a quarterfinal for the first time. That is Cam Norrie who beat American Tommy Paul in straight sets this morning. Oh, that's it. Game, second match, Norrie, 6-4, 7-5, 6-4. standing was outstanding. On Stan Sport there, and we also can't forget that Alex Dimonor, who creates far less headlines, is also into the round of 16. He too plays tonight, a couple of hours before Nick does. Yeah, look, I'm a bit of a fan of Alex. I think I'll watch, be watching him instead of maybe the Curio Show this time round. And look, to AFL, there's been a lot of talk about James Hurd returning to coaching. Will it be with the Giants, Brett? Well, their football manager, Jason McCartney, uh, spoke to Triple M yesterday. They, of course, are looking for a new coach. Uh, Leon Cameron departed uh, more than a month ago, and Mark McVeigh's done a good job in the interim. He's led them to three wins in six games in charge, supported by his old teammate, James Hurd, who was already at the Giants in a leadership capacity. That role was expanded to help out his former teammate. But here is Jason McCartney speaking about the future of James Hurd and whether or not he could become their next coach. I've got that for you. He's actually not inter- interested in the senior position here at the Giants. Okay, so that has put that to bed. The Giants beat the Hawks yesterday by 22 points. In the other results, Frio held on for an eight-point win over the power to maintain their place in the top four. And the Tigers accounted for the Eagles, although Dustin Martin came off with a hamstring injury. And look, we move to the NRL now and the Titans could join the Tigers, Bulldogs and Warriors in looking for a new coach. Yeah, look, it's been a season to forget for Gold Coast, uh, for Justin Holbrook especially, given that he led them to the finals last year and all the money they've spent on their recruits like David Fafida. Uh, unfortunately, though, it just has not gone to plan this year. They've won one out of their last 12 and they have a review ongoing at the moment, which never bodes well for the coach. Gordon Tellis, though, a legend of the Broncos, is a club ambassador, and he says that some of the blame uh, should be taken by him. You know what? I actually look at myself. Can I help? I'm not sure, but have I been down the train and, and helped out? I'm part of the problem, not the solution here. Collectively, we all got to fix what's wrong there. Great scenes in New Zealand yesterday. The Warriors back at home for the first time in more than a 1,000 days, I think it was, and managed to get a, a big win over uh, the Tigers. Now we've got the Origin squads that will be announced, well Queensland announces theirs this morning. They've lost another troop due to, uh, well not injury, but actually supporting his sick father, that's Felice Kafusi. His dad was involved in an accident in Hawaii, so he's over in the US at the moment. Tom Gilbert, the Cowboys star, is in line to debut. Great, thanks so much Brett. Chat to you tomorrow. Thanks Maddie. And it's a moment in Australian television history we all remember. The winner of Australian Idol 2003 is...
Guy Sebastian. That was the finale of the first season of Australian Idol, which is now set to return to our screens after more than a decade off air. Channel 7 has announced the iconic show is coming back next year. The judges are yet to be announced, but casting is now open. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. And you can also find the latest episode and a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Madeline Palmer. Thanks for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow.